Welcome to the Gill Athletics Connections Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Cunningham, National Sales Manager for Gill Athletics. Our goal today is to connect you with coaches from around the world to learn their journey, share their stories, and just figure out who they are and what they're all about. So without further ado, let's get on and find out what today's guest has in store for us. And welcome back here to the Gill Athletics Connections podcast. Uh, super psyched about this. You know, we interview coaches around the world and they're amazing. I mean, like literally amazing. And it's always uh, really special to uplift and honor uh, their journeys, including last week. If you haven't listened last week, you got to go check out Boo Shexnader, instant classic, one of our top five episodes ever already in the week. And so uh, if you haven't heard Boo Shexnader yet, hit pause. Honestly, my guest this week won't. He'll, he'll be okay with it, uh, but go back, listen to Boosh Nader, uh, and then come back and check out today's guest. Uh, so help me welcome, super excited for this, help me welcome the wise, the wonderful Mr. River Morrow. River, how are you? I'm good, Mike. How are you? Man, I'm sitting here in our offices. It's cold, so I'm not real, you know, you and I will learn. He and I have a lot of uh, similarities and commonalities here, so I don't like the cold, of course, uh, but, you know, I'm in here in the office interviewing another great person, not a coach this time, but we're going to learn about some great coaches in your life, uh, and I'm getting paid for it, man, so uh, so it's, it's really awesome, man. It's really good. It's really good. How are you doing today, man? Not too bad. Just catching up being out of, catching up being out of town, and uh, like you said, cold i didn't know uh frost could be that thick on my windshield this morning i thought it snowed and it was, it was just frost it was just ice but if you're up north uh you're gonna laugh so we're gonna learn here in just a second where mr morrow is from but um yeah, it's, there's no frost down. Oh, it is frost. That's it, though. Just yeah, frost. Yeah, Arr, it's yeah. never that thick. <laughs> uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask before we get into your uh, track and field background. So uh, you have a unique name, you know, and so people have already read this and they probably read your name a hundred times wrong until I just said your name was River. You know, what, what, what how do people pronounce your name sometimes? Uh, River is definitely the most River. common. Uh, I get right here and uh, River occasionally to where it's impressive. I'm like, oh, thank you. And um, but yeah, so that why was dropped in there by my parents to have a uh, why not you no excuses mentality reminder for the rest of my life. Is so, that right? Yep. So, so it was intentional, not just like, oh, I want to make, you know, unique name, which river alone would have been great. Yep. Cause I can only think of one of the river, right? River Phoenix. I don't even know. You're too young. I don't even know. You know who River Phoenix was. Been, it comes up a lot. Okay, sure. But I can't think of another river. Uh, yeah, I've heard of a few. I've only met one in person, and that was a big deal. It took me 21 years to meet someone. R.I. or R.Y.? R.I. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So you might be the only R.Y. river that out I've, there. That I've heard of. Yeah. yeah, wow, that's amazing. There are a million mics. <laughs> There's only one river, though. I one love one it. Here. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, River, why don't we, let's get started, man. Let's talk about your track and field background. Where does track start from you? Are, are you an age group kid, a high schooler? What, where, where did you start doing track? Uh, so I started doing track in eighth grade, and I uh, went to a small school to where if you breathed, you were an athlete, and if you were athletic, you played every sport. So um, football, basketball, and track were my middle school sports, and so track was at the time more to stay in shape for the other two, and uh, 
I had siblings at school. We all rode together. If one had a spring sport, then we all picked up a spring sport. That way you weren't sitting around for a couple hours. And my sister was on track. So is that right? Yep. Oh, that's cool. Uh, now we were joking about the frost. Tell us where eighth grade is. What state? Uh, Georgia. We're in the state of Georgia. So now you know about the frost and the snow. And uh, yes, we will. If, if we still have river, once we get through this winter here in Illinois, we know we've got him. He's, he's going to be with us for a long time. We just got to get through this. This first winter, man. Have you ever experienced a, a winter before? Snow and all that? Uh, I think I've seen a total of five inches combined in my whole life. Oh, oh my. Yep. Okay, that'll be uh, January 1st, probably. <laughs> uh, okay, so you're doing eighth grade track. Uh, siblings are doing spring sports, so you automatically are doing a spring sport. Uh, you're our, um, I forgot to totally introduce you, River. River is our new intern, uh, inside sales rep uh, specializing in the pole vault. Spoiler alert, he was a pole vaulter. So were you doing, when you joined track to stay in shape for these other sports, were you automatically a pole vaulter or did that grow? Uh, so I wanted to do pole vault, but um, with basketball season, I didn't get out to the track mm. until March. Mm -hmm. And so by then it was just kind of late on all that. And so I would um, do all the other events, the running, throwing, jumping, because um, I'm fortunate at the time I was this big, six foot, you know, in middle <laughs> school. And so they were like, oh, I could go medal in any event. Right. Uh, high school stopped her there. But uh, so I started pole vaulting sophomore year when I didn't make the basketball team. Not saying I'm MJ or anything, but same origin story. So Same origin story, except for the follow up where he made the team. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. So you don't make the team sophomore year and it's your, it's your chance to finally yes. do pole vault. So you don't, you'd kind of always wanted to do pole vault. Mm -hmm. well, why was that? Was there like, did, um, you know, there's a lot of stories of watching the 96 Olympics and seeing the Olympic winner or or, uh, you know, my dad was a pole vaulter. Why was pole vaulting like this, uh, this magnet for you? Uh, it just looked a lot of fun. Yeah. And then um, one of my sister's good friends that we were always um, with when wrapping up track practice and all, he was our school's first pole vaulter. Mm. And uh, we were young track program. And mm. so um, was always watching him and the other guy do it. So always wanted to try it there. So, so you know, I've had Jeff Hartwig on the podcast and other vaulters. My favorite question for a pole vaulter is always, do you remember the first time, the first practice, the first like real, like, you know, you planted and your feet came off the ground practice. Do you remember, do you remember yours? Oh yeah. Was it like the most exhilarating thing in the world or was it like, oh my God, uh, is there still a slot in the four by one for me? So I had a very traditional coach and uh, for my first coach. And so it was nothing but technique, run, mm. how to move the pole while you run. Um, so first month was nothing but walking. Then we started running. Um, wow. Then I started sand vaulting old mm -hmm. school. Like I'm mm -hmm. talking, this, mm -hmm. he had been coaches to the seventies. So we learned like they did in the seventies. <laughs> um, I didn't touch a pit for three, three and a half months. And it was the day before the first meet of the season. Oh, yeah. Did, I mean, did, I can't believe as a youngster that would instill confidence in you. Was it like scary? Like, oh man, there's a meet tomorrow. We're finally going into a pit. I uh, kind of felt better than landing in sand once you start doing that from anywhere over four feet. Landing in sand starts to sure starts to knock the wind out of you. I don't know how those old guys did it. <laughs> well, they're they're just tougher than we were. Oh, yeah. River, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I put myself in the young crowd there. I don't know if you noticed, <laughs> tougher than we. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how did it go as you're going through your first season? You're finally getting to jump in a pit. Uh, did you do any good? Uh, so first meet was a nice straight pole, eight feet. And um, then by the end of the season, I went to, I made it to regionals, I scored points and I started bending the pole. And I remember inverting uh, the meet before regional 
and um, feeling upside down and realizing like, oh, this is kind of starting to click. Um, so that was kind of when I realized like, all right, I'm going to focus on this the next two years and uh, see where it takes me from there. We recently had John Weaver from down in the state of Mississippi on the podcast, and he was a pole vaulter and his first, I believe he said three meets, all no heights. So you're already ahead of the game from Mr. John Weaver and he ended up having a good career. And, you know, now he's a state champion uh, coaching coach down in Mississippi. So uh, you're ahead of the game right there. Right there. So take us through, um, you said you had an old school coach. What kind of, like was coach like a, did you have him your whole time? And was he like a big uh, inspiration for you or was it more, did you get coaching elsewhere? Like kind of the mentorship of coaching side here. Uh, so he was a great coach to start out learning the basics and learning the technical side of things, the terminology and really understanding the movements of the pole, not just running down the runway and trying to stab a stick into the ground and see how high I go. Wild banshee pole yeah. vaulting. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so he really taught the plant phase of the vault very well. And then um, I started going to clubs and looking for indoor facilities in the winter, mm. bad weather. And he would go with us to a lot of those. And then eventually I moved on to train with a UGA alumni hmm. and, um, and a couple of clubs in the area. And he focused more on my run and my top end of the vault than the plant. So were you doing, you mentioned other events before you got cut from basketball. Uh, were you still doing other events or did you become pole vaulter only? So because we were a young track program, mm -hmm. I had our school hurdle record. And nice. So when I, I went to state my junior year and I got fourth. And so that's when I was in like, in pole vault. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And so, um, I got on the bus going home. I look at my coach. I was like, Hey, I want to focus on pole vault. I don't want to do the other events. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love turtles until I started pole vaulting. I was like, never mind. This is way more fun. Um, and so, uh, I told my coach, we were a small team and all. So I was like, all right, I'm going to recruit some of my friends. I'm going to teach them all how to run hurdles because we didn't have a hurdle coach. We had a sprints coach. We borrowed a pole vault coach and a throws coach, and we had a distance coach. So I told him, I was like, once one of them breaks my record, I'm done. I'm not running hurdles anymore. That's awesome. And so two meets into senior year, one of them broke my hurdle record. So strictly vault. I, you know, I've heard of people like that recruiting their own four by one team. Like, oh, we don't have enough. Oh, fine. I'll go recruit kids coach you know i've never heard anybody recruiting themselves out of events so they could go focus on another event <laughs> did, okay. did these kids that you recruited know that's what you were recruiting them for do they think oh this guy really wants to be a, on, on the team with me that's so awesome uh no i i, I mean i think they probably did uh they, they knew i love pole vault more than the hurdles mm. but um and then by the time it was all said and done uh, like I said, we'd only had a track team like six years and mm. we were trying to build a track at the time and fundraising right. and everything. And my high school graduating class had 80, 81 kids. We had 41 on the track team from our senior class between men's and women's. Wow. So our senior track banquet was half our graduating class sitting there. That's cool. Yeah, that's, so. that's pretty cool. That's awesome. You, you know, we talk about I'm going to say, you know, this is the grumpy uh, get on your lawn and shake your fist at the kids uh, question here. Uh, but we talk a lot about uh, kids today. And, and, you know, we say today, but by the way, it was the same when kids on my team and me growing up that they don't know track athletes, like the professionals and such. What kind of, be truthful here now, what kind of high school, in high school right now, uh, track athlete were you? Were you the kind of guy that knew um, who the, the gold medalist was in the, in, the, in the pole vault? Or were you just really like, oh, I know who the best guy in the county was? Like, where were you on that side of 
Um, yeah, I've, I've always been kind of a nerd about things mm-hmm. to where um, I knew most of the American vaulters, um, especially that was right after 2016, Sam Kendrick's mm-hmm. run down the runway, hear the anthem, mm-hmm. throw his pole down. And right. So, I mean, that was everywhere. Right. And, um, and me and him were on the same build. Uh, so that was mm-hmm. always like, oh, I can be Sam Kendrick's one day. <laughs> and then, um, then also – I started doing the summer circuit, the club circuit. Mm-hmm. And so once I got into that, you start meeting everyone in the Southeast and um, you start seeing some of those elites at your meets, like mm-hmm. the Dolphin Street vault meet. I saw all the elites jumping 18 feet right. there. Yeah. So, and then um, <clears throat> got an opportunity at one point to go up to Knoxville and train with Tim Mack when he oh, was still yeah. there and uh, train with Ryland. So met a lot of those like gold medalists and those 19 footers that were in the Southeast. Right. Yeah. I don't know if it's vaulting is different or if it's the age that's different, meaning, you know, you're talking about 16. Well, you could have Googled anybody or anything, you know, top pole vaulters and it would have popped up, you know, back in 96 old man here, right? Like there was no internets, right? I, I don't know. We, until the Olympics came on TV, I had no clue who the top mm-hmm. people were, you know, until something popped up on TV, basically. So uh, you get ready to graduate. You're going towards graduation, uh, to graduation. You were fourth as a junior. Uh, what were you thinking for college? Yeah. So I started looking to do pole vault in college after that fourth place. Mm-hmm. And um, I also stopped doing football that year. Mm-hmm. So that was another big thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, my head track coach was my linebacker coach mm. and so that was not a popular decision on one side on welcome, the other welcome side welcome to the south <laughs> yeah yes um and so i started going on visits going into the winter and um wasn't heavily recruited i wasn't i mean with my going into my third year uh vaulting and so i had to do a lot of reaching out on my own mm-hmm. networking yeah same way that people do trying to get jobs these days it's mm-hmm. you you got to go out there and put yourself out mm-hmm. And so I was looking at mostly D3 and D2 schools in the area. And then um, finally, I signed very late. I signed at sectionals. And oh, so wow. I was two weeks from graduating and mm-hmm. when I put pen to paper. Wow. And so my school guidance counselor was always like, where are you going? Right. Like, I'll, I'll figure it out. Uh, I got, I'm talking to people. I'll figure it out. And um, so and then that's when I ended up signing with coastal the great coastal carolina who just won their bowl game they did. that was awesome yes. man hey better than troy man we didn't even make a bowl game so uh it was it was a uh, back and forth i didn't know coastal was going to pull it out to be no, honest was, with you i i was not okay. flashbacks to last year when we lost <laughs> in the last drive so last field came out to a field goal so i was getting nervous after last year so, <laughs> so um and what were you thinking as you're going into college you're going to go to coastal great school uh what were you thinking career-wise at this point was coaching at all in your mind or were you thinking something completely different uh, i've always thought i would end up coaching pole vault on the side uh running a club and um i think senior year i did a statistics or some math i had three math classes so one of them i my like project was to design something like that and so i have a club model that i made oh really wow of how i would price out equipment term of how long the equipment would last when i would need to be able to buy more um how many poles i would need and um everything like that how many kids i would need to be operational so you just started your sophomore year vaulting you're into your third year, not really even third year over. And like, you've really, this sounds like, you know, you've gone, there's no dip in your toe in the water. You're, you're submerged here. You're doing your senior project, uh, the uh, math and statistics project on 
a, a club, you know, a club model. So you're, you're kind of, you talked about you, you've always kind of been a nerd about it. Uh, remember when that used to be a bad word? Like now I'm like, man, I'm, you know, someone calls me a nerd. That feels kind of good. You know, yeah. um, now you're doing these projects. So you, you really like you're full in on pole. You're, you're a pole vaulter. Oh yeah. Uh, somewhere out there. I'm looking for the video clips. I know they filmed it. Uh, our valedictorian of my senior class roasted me at graduation and said, um, cause I, I think I introduced him. And um, he was like, yeah, it's surprising you didn't mention pole vault. If you were ever within five miles of river, you knew he was a vaulter. And so <laughs> I've been looking for that now that I work here to be like, oh, my goodness. So I've got to find that clip. You've got to find oh, yeah. that clip. I love that. If you're within five miles of river, you know he vaults. Yep. <laughs> I love that. And it, it, he was a very, or still is, very, very intelligent. Uh, he went into Georgia Tech with two years of school mm. done. Um, yeah, uh, I'm curing cancer at some point out there <laughs> soon, I'm sure. And, um, but never talked much and was very quiet. And so anytime he told a joke, it was, oh my goodness, yeah, that was he, hilarious. He talked, right. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was, it got a big roar and I was like, oh, that's man. funny. So talk to us about vaulting at coastal Carolina. I've never been there, but I've seen pictures and it looks kind of pretty and picturesque. How was it going to school there and, and vaulting? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was definitely three years I will never regret. It was a beautiful teal track mm. and um, warm weather would vault mm. shirtless in January. I think I wore a sweatshirt my last year, one week of training <laughs> and um, good weather always and warm and supportive coaches that uh, made sure that what I was aiming for was what my focus was on. And mm. so they, they allowed me to change my practice schedule to meet my academic and my extracurricular schedule. Hmm. And I don't think there's a lot of coaches out there that allow a, an athlete to be that flexible with things mm -hmm. like that. And, and who was your vault coach there? Uh, ben Yoakum. Yeah. Yeah. Now I know Ben, so uh, he's, Ben's not even listening. I just guarantee it. So you can speak freely. He'll never hear this. How was he as a vault coach? Uh, very, very supportive. No, no, you have to be, you can be truthful. It's okay. <laughs> no, I know Ben does a great job. Yeah. So you, uh, you, like when you look back, got it, a lot of fond memories of, of uh, Ben being your coach. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, we still talk probably once a month. We'll either call or text and yeah. Uh, yeah and uh, definitely like a friend of mine now. Oh, yeah. that's really sweet. That's, that's, that's not always the case. So that's precious to hear that. That's cool. Now you mentioned three years mm -hmm. that coastal, did you graduate in three years? Yes. Really? So what did you end up majoring in? Uh, marketing. Okay. And uh, wh why marketing? Um, dad was a marketing guy. I uh, always liked business. I like numbers and statistics and, uh, and I like speaking, I like meeting people. I mm -hmm. didn't like, I like numbers and statistics, but I didn't want to be stuck behind a computer doing finance and investing mm -hmm. where you're not actually out talking to people and being out there. And so I, I like travel a lot. And so marketing and sales were the type of careers where I was like that that is the best of all of that for me. Mm. And you said three years, but I thought I could be wrong uh, that you have a master's. I do not. I've been looking. Okay. Was, when I graduated, it was um, either find a job now or go into my master's. Or go to like MBA or something like that. Okay. Two right. years of track left that I'm burning through right now. Yeah. Got it. And, got it. Um, okay. That, that's what I couldn't yeah. remember. I, 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 he, he didn't lie on his resume people so i don't it wasn't that it was just an old man memory here absolutely okay and so after three years uh you got your undergrad in marketing so you started looking for jobs what were you looking for were you looking to go into coaching at that point or if, i guess you probably would have just stayed and did your last two years if you're looking at that what were you looking at for like jobs uh, i've always wanted to 
go towards the sports world, whether it was sports apparel, sports teams, sports agency, um, somewhere in that. And so I was networking with a lot of uh, NBA, NFL, mm-hmm. hockey, um, and college teams as well. So I started networking with them, calling uh, executives of marketing and sales and uh, interviewing them and doing mm-hmm. cold calls, basically. And um, so I was always looking to go into sports. So you're doing a lot of that. And at the same time, you're doing lots of interns. Uh, you worked for a brewery uh, in their marketing and things like that. Uh, how in the world did we land you here at Kill Athletics? How did you find this position? So, yeah, I was in a business program that was all about how to cold call, how to put yourself out there, how mm. to make these connections, emails, set up meetings to introduce yourself to companies and LinkedIn training. And then I saw an Instagram post. Mm. And so that was always the big joke in my business group that I was in was everybody else went like up to wall street and went through rounds of interviews. And right. I, I found an Instagram post and I applied through it. But, Is that right? Yes. Wow. The power of social media, man. Yep. <laughs> you yep. know, you and I've had lots of conversations about that. That's really cool. So what, um, when you started, you saw the post that we were hiring for a sales rep, what, um, what interested you about it? What was kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, like, I'm thinking about sports. Well, this, this is it. Cause this, you know, it's a little different. It's a, it's a sales job, but uh, there's other marketing jobs and, um, you know, sports administration jobs, things like that. This is a, a, definitely a unique niche aspect inside of sports, specifically track and field. Um, so it, it meant a lot of things for me where, first off, I was looking for a job in the middle of COVID. So, oh yeah sure <laughs> um, i would <laughs> talk point. to a lot of people especially these sports teams uh, most of them want you to enter on ticket sales mm-hmm. especially coming straight out of college mm-hmm. being 21 at the time they're right. like all right we're not we're not putting you in the marketing mm-hmm. department for the brooklyn nets right, so it's right, uh, right. like you can sell tickets for us and um so started looking at that but then they were like hey no one's selling tickets no one's in the arenas oh wow so yeah. they were like yeah we're not hiring right now but this mm-hmm. is what we do mm-hmm. this is where if you want to call us and a year, we'll see where we're at if mm-hmm. stadiums are open. And so, first off, you guys were hiring. <laughs> um, that helps. Yeah, but, that is uh, true. <laughs> uh, I knew a lot of people in the track world. I was always, when I was not vaulting at a meet, I was with one of my coaches helping them out, uh, mm-hmm. catch marks, steps, measurements. Mm-hmm. And so, met a lot of other coaches through that. So, um, I was a pole vault nerd. So, mm-hmm. uh, between hiring, and being a full vault nerd was a great, great yeah. opportunity. So you've been with us now for six months, roughly. Yeah, yeah a little bit, a little bit over. It's December. Yeah, like June one or seven thought. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. May one. Or, yeah, I can remember if it was May one or June one, right around there. Um, you know, six months. We we always say uh, with new hires here at Yale Athletics that you really don't know the job until a year has passed, right? Because that means you've gone through you know a little bit of the the downtime, the fall semester, roughly, and then the you know, just the um, hydrant water, just, you know, trying to drink from the fire hose type of attitude during track season, which you're, you're now just going to get started here in January. Uh, but in the first six months, what has been like, um, as you come here and, you know, and starting to become our pole vault uh, expert here, what has been like, you're like, oh man, I didn't know this was part of the job. This is awesome. Or, or has there been any, that, that's not fair to say that there is one. What, what, if there has been one, what has it been? Uh, I think, the things that like have made me most excited was uh, talking to all the different elites that we work with, mm. um, either our own elites or just other elites in the track world. Mm-hmm. Where uh, I've got contacts now, where when I tell my friends back at, from my college team, I'm like, "Hey, I have so and so on my phone now." They're like, "Okay, that's that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool." <laughs> um, and uh, they try to get numbers. I'm like, "No, no, yeah, I can't do that. Can't do that." Right. But um, and so that's been very exciting. And then just 
learning the other side of everything. I mm. uh, knew the athlete side of it. I kind of knew some of the coaching aspects and now like seeing the full coaching side and the equipment side and the manufacturing, like uh, the pole room, watching them mm. make poles was super cool for right. me. Yeah. What, um, so, you know, pole vaulting is a pretty important event for us here at Gill Athletics. When you think about pole vault boxes, all the way up to obviously the pits, the pole standards, training aids for vaulting. I mean, you know, if they ever got rid of the pole vault, that's a big chunk of Gill Athletics, right? It takes a lot of shot puts to make up a pole vault pit or pole vault poles, right? Uh, you're involved in so much. So because it's so important, there's so much aspect to it uh, from our team pacer clubs. You mentioned our team pacer elites, um, just general inquiries from coaches calling saying, hey, I've got a kid joining the team this year. I don't know what poles to get. What aspect have you like, I'm gonna call it glommed on the most. Like you were just like, oh yeah, like I really want to help grow X. I think um, the... The clubs I like helping, especially those that I see that pop up and they're young clubs, because mm. I've been a part of those young clubs where it was only 10 kids of practice, um, mm. borrowing facilities, moving around to what facility lets you train there that week. And so uh, helping them try to find the best equipment for their budget and mm. for what they're able to do at the time mm -hmm. and uh, make sure that they can create something long lasting that mm. stands um, has been really cool. And then uh, learning the nuances of a pole, the, mm. the different links, the different flexes, how those relate, the different materials, the history of it has been really cool. And uh, wanting to grow that knowledge and grow that industry uh, amongst the pole vault community to where we know a pole gets us in the air. How much do we actually know about what's in that pole and mm. what the difference between that pole and another pole is? Mm. Did you, you know, you, you have a, um, uh, I imagine you had a head start than I did. Did you know how poles were made before you got here? I had a good idea. Uh, I'd seen the um, how it's made video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you haven't seen that, uh, go on YouTube and just inside of YouTube search uh, how it's made uh, vaulting poles or pole vault. Uh, it's actually a uh, pro tip actually has it for javelins as well. Uh, but yeah, it runs through the whole process. It's quite amazing. Um, yeah. You see, so you had a head start cause you kind of, you'd seen the video, the videos, once you see the house made, you kind of get the gist of it really, you know, I was not a vaulter and didn't really coach pole vaulters. I had no idea. I, I thought they just came in really long tubes and you like, Oh, you need a 10 footer, Psh, chop it off at 10 foot. Oh, you need an 11, six chop it. A I had no idea how it started. So you were way ahead. Everybody's like, everybody who's ever bought a vaulting pole for me right now is laughing like, oh my God, I bought a vaulting pole from this idiot. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, this is why we hire pole vault experts because uh, you, you don't want, you don't want me around it. You don't want me around it. So uh, what have you done so far in the first six months uh, travel wise? I know you and I, and we'll talk about it here in a little bit, uh, just got back from the USTF CCCA convention. Have you done any other shows or anything up to this point? Uh, did, or I've done one or two local Illinois things, and then yeah. I went down to uh, Greenville, um, down mm. to the AD show down there. Yeah. What, what do you think about that aspect of meeting coaches and really coaches that, you know, you've never met before and they're varying levels of uh, pole vaulting? Uh, you know, you, you, I'm sure even with just those few travels there, you've met some coaches who it's their first year. They have no idea. Maybe they think like me, you just chop up, you know, <laughs> uh, and possibly have even met coaches uh, at this point. It was like, oh, wow. I, I thought I knew a little bit about pole vaulting because I work for Gil. This guy has been doing it forever. Uh, how, how's that been meeting different coaches around specifically Illinois, North Carolina at this point? Uh, it's been pretty cool. Uh, just kind of seeing that side of it and um, thinking back to what I went through to where I had pole vault coaches that taught me the terminology mm. and all. And then 
I had my my two school coaches were not vaulters. So um, when they they would come over and be like, hey, I uh, heard you need a pole. Just one, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and then, um, and so when I meet a coach, you can kind of tell pretty quick of what they say. Like, hey, I, I need a pole mm-hmm. for my three athletes. You're mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hopefully you do. Um, <laughs> but then, um, or when they come to you, like, hey, I'm looking for this length, this series, this much. I got these gaps. And you're like, oh, okay. So you've been around the block a time or two. Right. Yeah. So. And so we just came back from, really one of the best weeks in the whole year, the USTF CCCA convention down in Orlando. I already miss it, by the way. Uh, what did you think about that? Uh, that was really exciting. <laughs> was that? <laughs> uh, first off, seeing coaches uh, not so suit and tie where mm-hmm. they're around their athletes or around their administration, mm-hmm. um, like you see them at meets to where you don't see who they are. You see who the professional side of them is as much mm. as like I, I went to college in a suit, but then still seeing a coach in his polo and his mm-hmm. slacks at the meet is different than a coach around other coaches that he trained with or went to school with or Mm -hmm. has been coached by so seeing them in their natural element was cool um and then putting names to faces of who i've been working with over the phone and email and uh, also coaches that i recognize to where when i saw them they looked at me and they're like you're familiar but i don't know what you're doing here like when you'd go to as an athlete like you had seen them like, like maybe you knew the uh georgia tech football yep. coach but you never talked to him but now it's like oh no no now we you know we need to talk talk yep. oh that's cool and they were like yeah wait i recognize you but how not yep. through gill yeah. wow not through gill and not through coaches yeah so oh right doing? what are you doing here yeah, uh, yeah. that's yeah. really cool was there anything that surprised you about the convention you know i tried to um prepare you as much as possible but it's really an unpreparable show you know 1500 coaches from around the country uh, all different events all different walks of life all different organizations it's a 24, yeah, I, I think I remember specifically telling you, it's a 24 seven job at that point, you know, for that week, was there anything that surprised you that you're like, man, I didn't realize this was going to happen or I'd see this person or, or whatnot. Um, I don't think I was too surprised by much. I've done shows and in my other internships and all to mm-hmm. where I had a good idea of what a large show looks like. Uh, I think just seeing it track specific was a first, but, um, mm-hmm. Uh, probably having coaches where I knew they knew way more than me come hmm. up and ask a question. Sure. So I was like, that's a great question. Let me talk to some other people. <laughs> I cannot answer that on the right. spot. Um, like oh, we had a discus question. I was mm. like, I'm learning discus. Right. I know poles right. learning discus. You've been coaching discus 30 mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. more than likely. I'll have to get that answer from someone else. Right. So. Right. What, um, was there anything that you, when I say I'm asked the same kind of question, but in the, the other side. So was there anything that surprised you negatively? Like, oh man, I didn't realize every coach went to bed at eight o'clock at night. If you've been to the convention, you know, that's not true, but uh, anything that you were like, man, I didn't realize. Not so much negative. Mm-hmm. You learn how small the track world is. Like mm-hmm. I knew it was small. How, how so? What do you mean? Uh, every coach has either been coached by a coach or they mm-hmm. trained with a coach or mm-hmm. was teammates with a coach. Mm-hmm. And so I think that Six Sigma is more like three in mm-hmm. the coach world of track and field. Mm-hmm. And I knew that that's kind of how the vault world was, but now seeing that the coaching world was something new, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's negative, but just seeing it's, it's a lot closer than you realize. What now? Okay. Uh, fancy marketing boy here. Uh, you said Six Sigma and you think maybe it's more three. Is that is, so is, I've heard of Six Sigma. I haven't read any books uh, or anything. Six degrees of separation. I think that was I like, was going to ask, yeah, is it yeah, six degrees yeah. of like Kevin Bacon here? So yeah. how do you connect Mike Holloway to yeah. uh, Ben Yokum at Coastal Carolina? Yeah, yeah that's can, what I mean. can you do that? Can you connect? 
uh, I'd have to go talk to one of them <laughs> to figure that connection out. But yeah, six degrees separation. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the correct answer. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought you, I'd like no, to learn. So I thought you're going to teach me something new there. And, uh, yeah, it's like it's yeah, like management yeah, manufacturing, and manufacturing yeah, yeah, yeah. practices and such. Yeah, there's like belts to it, black belt and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I think is funny because you know my kids in Taekwondo and I'm like, really, there's belts for Six Sigma? I don't really know what you guys are copying here. But uh, and what's next for you? Yeah, you said you like traveling, so I assume you still like traveling <laughs> through uh, North Carolina and Orlando. What's coming up for you? I'm going down to Belton for the uh, Pole Vault Expo. All right, I'm really excited about that because yeah. I got to do that Southeast Region Circuit. Hmm. and never went to a meet with more than three fits and three i thought was a lot uh, three is a lot yeah and, um, so seeing that they're setting up for belton already and i think they've had six or seven pits down there yeah and um, being one of the largest pole vault meets in the world and so really excited to get down there over new year's and yeah some warm texas weather <laughs> that's yeah exactly they'll think it's cold but uh yeah the great jack chapman man i love if you know jack chapman you know what i'm about to say next is um you probably would have had the same sentiment as me, but one of the really nicest, great, great, grace, nicest, greatest people. And really um, what a giver. I mean, just a real giver, not only to the sport of track and field and, and the, the event of pole vaulting, but just people in general, he's just one of the nicest people. All right. You haven't met Jack yet. Right. No. Uh, I can't wait for you to meet him, man. He's, He's pretty special. He's a really one of the good guys, as they say, <laughs> uh, in this sport. So Belton, do you know, do you even know where Belton's at? Do you know where you're going? It's outside of Dallas. And I want to say it's halfway between Dallas and San Antonio. Uh, or Dallas Austin. and Austin. Austin. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. There's nothing there. I shouldn't say that. It's, you know, it's a little, I live in Champaign, <laughs> Illinois, right. But, uh, but there's no, there's no university of Illinois there, but it's great. The people are awesome. Uh, the event is awesome. There'll be, you know, tons of, you'll be in your native habitat, man. There'll be, you know, 700 vaulters in you. So you'll, you'll be, uh, you know, down South in Georgia, we would say you'd be like a pig in slop. Yeah. yeah you'll be just very, very happy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are there, uh, do you know what the rest of your schedule looks like as far as travel and stuff? I've got the, um, Ohio coaches show, mm. the Illinois coaches clinic mm -hmm. or show, um, and Wisconsin. Mm, up there mm -hmm. and so getting the midwest tour yeah well you get two of the greatest track clinics there are wisconsin and ohio man holy cow illinois is no slouch itself but uh wisconsin and ohio are huge and awesome that's really good i'm excited for the wisconsin cheese like the oh, whole yeah. family loves cheese oh and so yeah i've had like true squeaky cheese curds like <laughs> once in my life and so i've always been like chasing those yeah, and never yeah. found the squeaky ones they're since. there so man you gotta, gotta bring go. some back oh yeah okay oh, all yeah. right as long as you do that i'm gonna bring a lot back okay good, good. Two, two bags nice nice what um and you're also you know we're the ncaa sponsors for track and field which one are you going to be uh, in charge of and leading for us so i'll be doing d3s so yeah I'll be JDL and then for indoors and then mm -hmm. to Spire for outdoor. And so mm -hmm. really excited for that. I know a lot of those um, coaches that, um, cause a lot of the, my age of coaches are starting to get into it. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of them have picked up um, on D3 staffs. And mm -hmm. so I'm really excited to see a lot of them. Yeah. What, um, I, I'm sure during your interview process, we told you about the NCAA sponsorship. Uh, and it's one thing to be told about it. Like, yeah, you're going to be responsible for X, Y, and Z. And you're like, yeah, sure. Just give me a job. You know, you're just trying to get a job. Right. Uh, and now you're starting to go through some planning meetings. You know, we've already, we've been planning now for probably two months uh, for these, for this upcoming season. Uh, what's, uh, what's got you excited about these, you know, the JDL and the Spire and the D3 NCAA championships. Uh, I think seeing it all come together and mm. then um, the, the social aspect of it, 
a social event um, mm-hmm. if we're able to do that. I know mm-hmm. things these days are always uh, yeah, up in the air, yeah. but um, and then but yeah, seeing it all come together. I I never went to a nationals meet as mm-hmm. much as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, I blame COVID. We'll say that that's, that's what it was. Exactly. It was had nothing to yeah. do with how high or not high I jump. It was all because of COVID taking half right. of my college years. <laughs> I love it. Whatever works. Yeah. Whatever works. Yeah. I like to blame COVID that we got you here. So that's a good blame. Like, thank you. COVID brought some positivity here. We got River Morrow here in the house, man. Well, I'm excited for you for Division Three. Uh, it's actually the one championship I haven't been to yet. I've been to plenty of Division Ones. I got to go to Division Two for the first time last year. COVID messes me up too. I can't remember if it was last year. I think it was last year. Um, but it's really it's really amazing. Like D- division three is the example that I use about how coaching matters and where maybe some of our better coaches are at because, you know, D three, no athletic scholarship, right? So most of these athletes in the division three that you see are not recruited by division one division. Some certainly are because division three has a lot to offer beyond just an athletic scholarship. Uh, but most of them were not your, you know, state champs and five stars or whatever they do for football and whatnot. Uh, but go look at the D3 national results. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Yes. Like, dude, yep. these guys are amazing. Of course, in the pole vault, you know, North Central is always a, a big uh, a part of that pole vaulting. Uh, Division three, you know, many, many champs that are huge. I mean, jumping big, like they'd be in, you know, uh, scored in Division one uh, championships, man. It's, it's quite amazing. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Are you really looking forward to it? Oh, yeah. And kind of to that point, I was a bubble D1 athlete to where I, I got D1 because I marketed myself mm. um, and um, really made those connections. But um, a lot of my friends that were all jumping the same height, some went D1, some went D2, some went D3. Mm. I looked at a lot of D3 schools and there's a lot of good ones out there. Yeah. And uh, especially like I was an academic student first. Um, and so a lot of schools I was looking at, I, I didn't get D1 money. Mm-hmm. And so Yes, D3 doesn't offer those athletic scholarships, but if you're, depends on what your goal is through college. If right. it's to do track while you're there, to continue it as long as you can, then 100%, that's great. If it's to do track to pay for things, then yeah. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, ac- there's a lot of good academic D3 schools that mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know about until they start looking at doing track and going D3 and like, oh my goodness, I've never heard of the school an hour from my house. That's mm-hmm. one of the top academic schools in the country. Did, did so. you, you know, again, you grew up around the 2016 era. So, you know, maybe there's no excuses because the internet is like that. Did you know about a lot of the options around, you know, you grew up in uh, Georgia where you got a bunch of great schools like Shorter and uh, uh, Oglethorpe, you know, some of the yep. smaller schools. Did you know about them uh, or did you know more about the division one football school? You know, I mean, like Coastal had a football team and of course Clemson and South Carolina, et cetera, like that. I knew about a lot just because my school sent a lot of D3 athletes. Mm. We were a young athletic program to where mm. you were a D1 athlete. That was a big deal. You're probably the only one that year. Right. And uh, so I knew a lot of the Georgia D3 schools because of that. And like Barry. Um, mm-hmm. Barry, that, that's uh, another yep. one I was thinking yep. of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, but then I learned a lot more when I was looking at recruiting. I would pull up a conference meet. I would look at the results, say, all right, I'm in that mix. Mm. And then I would look at the schools that had vault programs. And then I'd start emailing those coaches. And so I learned a lot of schools that I'd never heard of yeah. through that process. Yeah. Um, Have you learned more since you've been here? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> like who, where, what? <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. It always, uh, I love, uh, it was like this happened at USTFCA when I'll um, surprise a coach that I either know their mascot or even how to pronounce their name, Bemidji State came up. And I was like, oh, Bemidji. And they're like, 
man, no one ever says that. I was like, oh yeah, my, my job is to know who Bemidji State is, you know, everybody, not just, yeah, you know, the, the big name schools or whatnot. So I, I love learning all those, those different schools. Well, I, I know River, you don't know what you don't know, but what is there, you know, you've only been there six months, you're, you're a pup, you know, I, I tease you a lot uh, about that. Not, not too much though. Don't worry about it. He's here. The weather's going to get him before I get him. Trust me. Um, but what, what are you most interested in like learning or learning more of or exploring uh, as you move through your role here? at Gill Athletics? Uh, I think how coaches have to work their athletic budgets. Mm. Um, track and field's historically been one of those um, underfunded sports. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so learning how those coaches manipulate those numbers. I'm, I'm a business guy. Oh, I like yeah. seeing that side of things right. um, and understanding uh, what takes precedent, uh, how, how they stretch those dollars and um, what, what they can do to make that the most efficient use of their mm. money um, and what they can do, to, whether it's um, it's either equipment or it's we don't travel to as far meets and mm. things like that when it comes to those smaller schools. And so um, helping coaches navigate that as I learn it is very exciting. Those, like you said, there's mm. those young coaches out there that they're figuring out as I go. And then there's other coaches like, no, 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 this is how I do things because this is what works. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like we might host half of our own meets as home meets to, so that we can get nicer equipment and not have to travel. Right. So, yeah. And what's got you excited? I mean, again, I know you don't know what you don't know. And we talked about some of the great clinics you're going to, of course, going to NCAA Division Threes is a big deal. Anything else that's got you just excited for the upcoming season? Uh, I think uh, the Team Pacer Elites. Yeah. I've been really excited to work with this program and right. um, see where we can take that. And um, the social media side of things, mm-hmm. uh, looking at all these now that indoor season started, looking at all these kids that are out there doing things and mm-hmm. making sure that those that that, that that's being seen. Mm-hmm. And so, and you play a vital role already in six months. Let me tell you what I wasn't doing my first six months here, man. <laughs> uh, but a vital role in our social media. What what channels do you specifically oversee and are most active in? Uh, most active for sure on Instagram, um, Twitter. I've been learning since I've been here. I've definitely, I've done way more Twitter in six months than I have in my entire life. That's for sure. Uh, Facebook, I'm getting more familiar with. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of uh, wasn't my generation. And so, mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, it's owned by Facebook or Meta, mm-hmm. but uh, just getting more used to being on it more. Mm-hmm. And then um, I've started our team page or TikTok. And so that's, yeah. you know, that's even below my generation. I'm, I'm late to that. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, Instagram the most, but then all the big four now so yeah very cool uh and and if you want to see or interact or you just kind of get to know what river's doing on those social media channels uh down in the show notes we have all of our social media i don't think i've had i've had a tiktok on there i need you maybe we'll go in the office and take a look i might need to update because it's if it's below you if it's younger than you yeah, yeah, that means I can barely spell TikTok, man. So <laughs> maybe we need to look at that and add that into the show notes as well. So, uh, well, man, River, you know, we're just so excited to have you here. You know, it's always an honor uh, to be able to interview you know, some of my teammates here. We've had Jennifer Vanderlot, our customer service manager, Brian Carell, uh, our um, field service uh, manager. Uh, we're going to have other teammates here. It, it really is. It's so much fun to be in the greatest sport in the world, track and field, uh, talking shop with people that are in the sport, man. Uh, I had a blast with you down in Orlando at USTFCCCA. You did an amazing job, did a great job connecting with the coaches uh, in the convention and around the country. So uh, kudos to you for what you've picked up in six months. You're, you're ahead of the game of where I was in six months. That's for sure that's not saying a lot but it's saying something all right uh but we are really um you know just just 
tickled pink to have you on the team and really look forward to seeing your development where what's the best way if someone is listening right now and they're like oh man i remember river i, I jumped against them and uh beat him or so i don't know you probably beat a lot of people but um but uh or a coach says man i want to know i've got this burning question about pole ball. what's the best ways of getting hold of you I mean, my Gil email, if it's a work-related question or like like you said, a coach reaching out uh, is rmorrow at gilathletics.com. And then um, if you email the sales email, it'll get kicked to me if it's mm -hmm. relevant to me. And then um, call the 800 number and ask for River, River, the, all, all funnel them all to me. <laughs> they all go to you, yeah, just yeah. R, R something. Okay, yeah, that's River. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm going to put you on the spot. You said the 800 number. What is our 800 number? Uh, 800-637-3090. He passed the test, ladies and gentlemen. Riverman, thank you for joining me today. I know we're busy. We're trying to catch up and stuff, but uh, it was really important for me to uh, have our, our listeners learn who you are, uh, get to know you a little bit better, and uh, just know that, you know, with the great capable people that they have here at the factory, helping them with all of their pole vault and, and other things. You, you know, you're a discus expert now as well. So uh, the pole vault and all the other events. And I did throw a discus for like, month and a half <laughs> that's a story for another day right there yep, yep. uh thank you for being here you know this is the end of season two i am just amazed at you know this uh passion project that started in january of 2020 and here we are december 2021 still kicking it man it's uh it's awesome uh so this in season two i wanted to end season two on a bang this you should feel the finale yeah, wow. you should okay. yeah yeah, yeah. Wow. They, wow. we, we got to leave some kind of cliffhanger i don't yeah. know what it would be but you're you're the it's a big deal to be the end of season two we got some really cool changes coming up for season three i can already tell you the uh first episode of season three is dr matthew raidbard he is uh, he wrote the book um, on leadership. I just wanted to bring more value to you on leadership. So uh, he's season one, I'm sorry, episode one for season three. And we got some, also already got amazing coaches lined up. We are going to continue the mission of uplifting and honoring track coaches around the world. And I'm just so humbled that you'd be here to partake in it. So thanks again for joining us. We'll check you out next week on season three. Thanks for being here.